This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for September 13th, 2019. In this week's episode, changes in Apple Care, Apple pushes new subscription services, and Dave Hamilton joins us to discuss Apple's latest announcements, including a new iPad, watch, and iPhones. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Oh, another voice. Yes, we have a special guest this week, Dave Hamilton. Dave Hamilton is co-founder of Mac Observer, co-host of Mac Geek Gab, a longtime journalist, podcaster, and drummer. Good to see you again, Dave. Uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on episode 100, despite the math. Yes, despite the math. Well, we, we, we have a producer who does all those things, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's just give a shout out to our producer, Victor Agreda, who's watching as well, who produces and edits the show. Let's everyone congratulate ourselves for reaching 100. Yay. Woo! Now, of course, Apple wanted to mark our 100th uh, episode of the podcast by presenting this year's new iPhone and other products this week. And I know everyone has watched the presentation, so that's what we're going to discuss. New iPad, new Apple Watch, new iPhones, new streaming service, new game service. Didn't leave anything out, did I? Um, I, I mean, there are a couple other little things. Um, there was something that wasn't really mentioned in the keynote that's worth worth talking about, which is the Apple Care Plus plans being extended. Yeah, let's get that out of the way. So Apple Care and Apple Care Plus are essentially extended guarantees plus insurance plans. So when they first started selling that, um, I lived in the French Alps about two and a half hours from Grenoble or Marseille or any big city. So it was a no-brainer for me to buy Apple Care in case I had repairs that were necessary. Um, and in fact, on some of those early uh, colored iMacs, I had someone drive from Grenoble to my house to replace uh, an optical drive. So they weren't even picking them up for shipping. This was actually on site. Um, so initially it was for guarantees. So you get the repairs quickly. Uh, but as we got to mobile devices, it's more an insurance policy for people who drop the phone and break the screens. And you've always been limited to three years on the Macs and two years on other devices. But Apple is now offering this as a monthly policy. I think what they say is for the life of the product. Yeah, which means that until it goes on to vintage uh status which apple seems to be eager to do with some products and not so eager with others but w until it's vintage you can pay monthly uh it is an increased fee over what your monthly rate would have been for the first uh, couple of extra years but but yeah i mean i think it's great it, people use max a lot longer than they used to y you know i just went through a process of replacing a bunch of 10 and 12 year old Macs around the house that were perfectly functional. In fact, the, the machine in the studio where I record the podcast up until very recently was a 2011 iMac, uh, not quite 10 years old, but absolutely serviceable. It was just like, well, I might as well be the one to decide when to replace this as opposed to the machine being the one to decide when to replace this. But yeah, I, I, people use them a lot longer. It's not, you know, when those machines were purchased 10 plus years ago, 
they were on a three-year cycle because by three years, they were completely obsolete and, and useless. And now a 10-year-old Mac, I mean, there's I, there's still people out there running 2018, or t- sorry, <laughs> 2008 Macs, and they run great for what people need. So I replaced a late 2011 Mac Mini, which I use as a home server. One of the reasons I replaced it is because it won't be able to run Catalina. And I figured that, okay, it had done its duty long enough and it was time to replace it. So you are getting to a point, and Josh is going to talk about how when they get too old, if you can't run the operating system, you don't get the security updates. But that kind of limits uh, what you can do with an old Mac. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we, we actually have an article about this on the Mac security blog talking about how you can you can actually install kernel extensions that will allow your newer operating systems to still work on older hardware. It's not supported by Apple, but you can do this with almost every Mac model from about roughly 2009 onward, except for a few models. And unfortunately, that mid-2011 iMac uh, that Dave mentioned, I have one of those. And that's not, unfortunately, one of the models that will work. Um, but for the most part, it, if there's even some 2008, I even have, get this, I have a 2007 iMac that I've got running Mojave right now, and I'm going to upgrade it to Catalina <laughs> just because of this, wow. uh, of this hack, which is, which is kind of fun. Actually, I can't upgrade my mid 2011 because of the weird graphics card, but I can do my mid 2007, but yes. Yeah, so, so this is a really good point though. Um, Apple's vintage and obsolete list, once a device hits that list, that's when Apple stops releasing security updates that are compatible with that uh, with that hardware. In other words, so uh, once they're off the list, they're not going to be able to get Catalina or whatever the new OS is, and then they'll be stuck for a couple of years running an older OS. Right, but let's just get one thing out of the way. This extended Apple Care does not cover Macs. The Mac and the HomePod are excluded. It's for iPads, yes. uh, iPhones. I was going to say iPod, but it might be. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you can get your AirPods on it because they're starting to sell an AirPods Apple Care uh, Plus plan as well. That would huh. be interesting. Um, yeah, we know for sure um, that iPhones and iPads and Apple Watches are eligible for Apple Care Plus for, for the new version of, of this. So um, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if Apple eventually expands this to other products. I would love to see this being extended to Macs as well. Yeah. Um, one thing to note, that I, there have been some articles comparing the cost of the prepaid plan and the monthly plans, and you pay more monthly. But if you think about it, you've got an iPhone after three or four years, the battery's going to need replacing and that would be covered because this is a guarantee for everything. So if you want to keep an iPhone for four or five years, it's probably a good idea to do that. Not that, well, some people keep iPhones that long. I've seen some around. I'm not convinced it makes sense on iPhones. I've been a supporter and and purchaser of AppleCare and now AppleCare Plus on pretty much every Mac that I've ever had here at the business of the family. But with iPhones, uh, it never really made sense. It, I mean, it, it's an insurance policy, right? It is is yeah. what you're buying. And, you know, certainly in the business, we've got several iPhones going all the time. Even at home, we have four going at all times. And to pay that, you know, 10 to 15 a month on, uh, which is essentially what it turns out to be on that, uh, even half of that per month 
times X number of month times X number of phones compared to how often we break them or have any problems with them or anything. You got to do the math to decide whether it's worth it for you. On, I find on Max, it, it there is an intangible benefit, or uh, well, it's not intangible. I find on Max that there is a benefit that goes beyond just the financial, and that is getting service at a different level than you would if you did not have Apple Care. You are treated differently by the depot. You're treated differently by the Genius Bar. Those sorts of things can really make a difference in terms of convenience and ease of getting those repairs done and speed of getting those repairs done. But with an iPhone, I, I, it, that doesn't really seem to exist, especially not anymore that they've really tightened down at the stores on what repairs they do and how lenient they are with replacing models. But uh, just do the math. Like with any insurance policy, do the math. Is it worth it simply to be self-insured? And the answer for us has been, yeah. You know, we my son just broke an iPhone, and that was the first broken iPhone that we've had in the family in, you know, five years. Now I should be knocking on some wood around <laughs> here, but uh, that's just how that works. I've never broken one. Um, huh. My partner's daughter breaks them all the time, like three times a year. Um, so if you're fumble fingered, then it's a good deal. But, you know, back to the max, you and I were using this for our businesses. And it's really important in that case to, to have your computer covered in case something goes wrong. You know, for that three year period at a minimum, uh, that Apple will repair it. So we don't have to worry about shelling out cash, which may come at the wrong time of the year. Exactly. And Apple did a really good job uh, replacing computers that needed to be replaced for me, uh, not because I, I don't think it was because of you know what I do with Mac Observer or anything like that. I think it was simply how their customer relations department works when a machine has an issue that is being repaired or attempted to be repaired several times. They're pretty good at replacing things. OK, well, let's start talking about the news. They started with game demos. Now, for me, I'm not into game demos, and usually they come in the middle of the keynote, so that's like, sorry, Dave, the drum solo in the rock concert, the bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're exposing your 80s roots, man. Exactly, they don't do that yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they started with the, the game demos because they're pushing Apple Arcade, the game um, subscription service, 100-some-odd exclusive games, five bucks a month. Yeah. yeah, five bucks a month. Now, it's not for me, but I can't imagine anyone who is into games not paying five bucks a month. And this is for the whole family. Uh, so it's not like it's more expensive for a family plan like Apple Music. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, it's not for me. I think we, we talked about that after they first announced it at WWDC. But, um, but uh, you know, if, if you're the right kind of gamer or if people in your family are, then what a great deal, honestly. I noticed the first game that they highlighted was Frogger in Toy Town, but it was a Frogger game. And immediately I was like, oh, they've got like, that looks cool. It's like, wait a minute. Apple doesn't do anything by accident. Of course it looks cool. They want to make sure. And the other games were, you know, different types of games. And that was great. But they wanted to make sure that everybody seeing this had some ability to relate to what was going to be offered through this, which I think is really smart, especially with the family plan open. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I was going to buy it for my kid anyway, but you know what? I should go take a look at this. And, and that's the key to getting 
you know, somebody locked into a subscription. I never heard of Frogger. Sorry. If, if they showed Pac-Man or Asteroids, then I would, you know, the, the ones I used to put quarters in in the bowling alley, those I remember. That was Frogger. Was I it? played Frogger. I yeah, don't man. remember it. I remember uh, Asteroids, Pac-Man, Pong, uh, but I'm, I'm just not a gamer. You know, I play How the occasional game on, on my iPhone. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. This is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you play Spy Hunter in the arcade? Never heard of that. This is pre-arcade. This is before you had just video game arcades. This is like in a bowling alley in Queens where yeah. they used to have, um, you know, pinball machines and games like that. Or for a couple of years, I worked at Two Pen Plaza, the building right next to Madison Square Garden. And yeah. there was a bowling alley there. And we'd go there at lunch sometime and play these games. But I, huh. I missed that. Your, your um, bowling alley didn't have the good games, man. That's, <laughs> no. I'm sorry to hear it. Yeah, no. bowling alleys were where you went, right? They were the yeah. they were the foundation of of what then became standalone arcades. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, so then we go on to Apple TV Plus, and it's kind of funny that they are focusing on this post apocalyptic, post iPhone world for the big <laughs> show that they're pushing there. This show called C about where it seems like everyone's gone blind except for two babies who were born with sight. Uh, it looks like they're trying to do their own Game of Thrones, but we know that Apple's not going to have sex or graphic violence in these TV shows. So it, you kind of wonder where it's going. Those people were well accessorized and well kept for a society of people without sight. <laughs> I found that very interesting. Their, their the hair the was... facial tattoos were very well done. They, the, they were well adorned with the, all sorts the of buildings jewelry. were all straight and yeah it, there's none of that made sense to me but uh but maybe the maybe the storyline will sort of you know help us n not see that who knows I, pricing though you know you talked about pricing with apple arcade so pricing with apple tv plus five bucks that's great but there's the secret weapon, which is that it's free to basically every devoted Apple fan forever, at least with well, the current no, pricing for one model. Year. For one year. Well, well, but if you are a devoted Apple fan, you will be buying another Apple product within the next year. Is that what they said, that for every Apple product in the future, you're going to get the year, or is well, it just for the launch? If it sticks, right? I mean, who knows? But I think they'd be smart to, to let it stick. I do too, un yeah. Until they hit that critical mass, right? They need two things. They need tons of customers, and they need a blockbuster runaway hit, yeah. right? And, and so it's a chicken and egg syndrome, right? Because without the blockbuster home run, you don't get tons of customers unless you're willing to buy them. And that is exactly what <laughs> Apple is doing here. And they're buying them by the millions because it's going to be default on your, you know, iPhone or iPad or Mac. Or, like, you are good to go. Really, really smart. I, I wondered what Apple was going to do to really spend some of their war chest on their services business to grow it. And boy, howdy, did they deliver. Yep. Yeah. Now, they didn't give a lot of details, though, exactly what that means. And I was kind of thinking along the same lines as you or Dave, where, you know, I'm, I'm kind of imagining that every year when you buy a product, it automatically extends your Apple TV subscription a year. We'll have to wait and see if that's really what they're talking about. And yeah, of I course, didn't think of that. Uh, my, my, my thought was that it would be for the first however long, the first year or six months that they'd run that as a promo. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think it makes sense because, you know, the, the devices that are eligible with the exception of the Apple TV, these are devices that are kind of expensive devices. 
And so the iPod um, Touch is eligible for two hundred. Well, bucks. okay, uh, you're, you're right. Okay. Yeah, you can so spend with, you can spend four or five hundred on an Apple Watch, and you won't get it because you can't watch right. the TV shows on the Apple Watch. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So that's worth mentioning. But as long as you're the kind of well, so this was the other thing that I'm curious about. Because if that does mean that every year you're going to be eligible as long as you're getting a new iPhone, then what if you're on the plan that allows you to get a new iPhone iPhone every year? Do do you automatically just get uh, Apple TV Plus forever? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the real stuff, the new iPad, Apple Watch, and that slab, that wrist, that pocket computer that we use. What's it called again? You're talking about the message pad? You still yeah, have the one of message those? pad. That's what it <laughs> there is. There you go. Okay. If you or someone you know has got a new MacBook or iMac or switched to the Mac from Windows, be sure to check out Intego's new Mac User Center. It's a one-stop collection of the things you'll need to know about using your Mac. Intego's new Mac User Center covers plenty of the basics to get you running smoothly and smartly in no time. Of course, one of the first steps you'll want to take is to install Mac security software from Intego to keep yourself protected. And right now, Intego Mac podcast listeners can get 40% savings on Intego software, including Mac Premium Bundle X9. Mac Premium Bundle X9 is a suite of terrific Intego software that includes the antivirus, anti-phishing, and anti-spyware protection of Intego Virus Barrier, home and hotspot firewall security from Intego Net Barrier, Parental controls for peace of mind from Intego Content Barrier, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today, and then use the promo code PODCAST19 at checkout to save 40%. That's PODCAST19 to save 40% on complete Mac protection and security with Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego. Devoted to protecting Apple products since 1997. Visit Intego.com today. Okay, so we talked about the soft stuff, not software, but soft products. And now it's time to talk about the hardware. Let's start with the inexpensive iPad. Um, Looking at that, comparing that to the price of the iPad Pro, how can that not be just an amazing no-brainer for anyone who wants an iPad? $329, 10.2 inch. Um, that is that is probably the same specs as the iPad Air of a few years ago, if not even better. That is an amazing price. It's crazy. I, it, it, yeah, it's fan- I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, the, the iPad is a device that for most people is an extra device, right? It's not the only device that they have. For some people, it's the main device, but but again, it's it's extra. And to be able to kind of walk through the door at 329, or if you want lots of storage, 429 to move from 32 to, to 128, that, that's still like, that's a very functional device right there. At, at, at 329, if, you, if you're not going to load a ton of movies onto it, then, then you're probably fine if you're going to use it on an airplane. Spend the extra hundred bucks, get the four twenty nine. But, but yeah, four twenty nine, like less than five hundred bucks. You have a great iPad with lots of storage. Freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Josh, do you agree? Are we uh, unanimous yeah. here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, we have an iPad. Um, we, to be honest, uh, the thing that I mostly use it for is just Netflix. But, um, you know. 
<laughs> or Apple TV Plus and see the fact that they went from Apple TV Plus to the inexpensive iPad suggests yeah. that link that, oh, hey, you buy a $329 iPad, you get Apple TV Plus for free. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and it, it makes sense if you're looking at it from that perspective. My, my wife uses it's really her iPad. So she uses it for more things than just watching Netflix. But yeah, that's <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of our primary television device, really. Um, and, and that's the case for a lot of people I know, actually. Um, yeah. I, I know people who just never watch TV anymore and they'll just watch on an iPad in bed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what we do at the end of the day. You know, we, we don't want to be downstairs where our TV is. And so we, we just hang out and we pull something up on the iPad. So, um, yep. you know, I, 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 great price. I absolutely agree with that. Okay. So Apple watch, I know Josh, you're getting a new one. Remind me, do you have a series two or a series one? What What is your current yeah, I've got the Series 1. Um, we were talking about that whole vintage and obsolete thing. And the Series 1, uh, I believe, is now on that list because it's not going to be getting watchOS 6. And that, of course, you know, me being the security guy, um, <laughs> it makes me kind of a little concerned. I know, you know, there's not necessarily a ton of security issues that that really realistically impact the watch especially particularly you're getting a gps only not a cellular exactly right um so uh, nevertheless i don't like the idea of being stuck on an old operating system that's not going to get security updates and so i just decided you know what i'm gonna go for it i almost never buy things for myself so i'm just gonna treat myself to an apple watch series 5 so i'm looking forward to that it's supposed to arrive september 20th okay dave what about you I am rocking the OG Apple Watch that arrived on release day. So at WWDC, Apple announced that the next version of watchOS would have an SPL meter built in. And I figured that is... I'm always checking sound pressure levels wherever I am at like rock concerts and things like that. And I really... I like to know. I'm obsessive about protecting my hearing. I have been since I was 14... So I actually still have quite a bit of it left, which is great. I always impressed audiologists, which is good. So I want to have that SPL meter on board all the time. And and look, I know that this OG Apple Watch is not going to make it uh, for much longer. The battery will swell and explode and all of that good stuff that has happened with everyone else's OG Apple Watch. I don't wear my Apple Watch every day. I'm a mechanical watch guy too. I I yeah, like the elegance right. yeah. of 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 a non-battery operated yet very complex machine uh, that I can have with me all day. So, uh, but my Apple Watch I probably wear three or four days a week. That's probably why the battery has has lasted this long because it, I'm not charging it as often as someone who is you know doing it uh, or wearing it every day. But yeah, I'll I'll be getting one. I haven't ordered it yet. I'll probably. I think I'm going to wait and do them as like Christmas things for a couple of family members, and I'll I'll rope myself in on that. It's not just the Series 5 that works. Um, I'm currently talking at 72 decibels on my Series 4, um, so you don't have to get the new one for this to work. I don't know if it works on the Series 3, which, worth noting, they've dropped that to $199. That's a really good price for the Series 3, uh, starting at $199, obviously. Right, right. Um, but... It's not a big upgrade. It's a big upgrade for for Dave and for Josh who have old watches. But for someone like me with a Series 4 or even with a Series 3, it's not a big upgrade. Um, I'm still tempted because, you know, this is what I do for a living, writing about this stuff. 
Um, but what I find interesting is finally you can mix and match the case and the bands. So you're not stuck with just, you know, three or four different types of bands for each particular case. And you don't have to buy another band to get the color you wanted. Um, and so you could get, you know, the aluminum with a fancy leather band if you want. And essentially save 50 bucks on not getting the sport band and putting it in a drawer. Um, I actually have four or five bands because I kind of like the ability to change them. Um, I've got a Milanese loop on today. I've got a couple sports bands. I've got a nylon. It's, you know, it's a thing. Okay, iPhone. iPhone's the big 100, 800 pound, whatever it is. Um, I don't know what we expected. And there's been some interesting chatter online about um, what did Apple say in their invitation um, what was the term that they used? They, they had a phrase in their invitation to the something press about innovation. Yeah. Something about innovation. And I'm not sure I saw a lot of innovation in this presentation with the new iPhone. Um, but what really I find interesting is if you're looking at what Apple is saying about the iPhone, it's camera, 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 camera. Oh, and you can also make phone calls and text messages on it. Um, the camera is everything. The iPhone is nothing without the camera. If you look at the uh, webpage for the iPhone 11, it's you'll scroll about 30 feet and see camera, camera, camera until you get to the other features. Uh, someone on Twitter was saying that there was only one mention of Siri in the whole presentation. Hmm. By innovation only, by the way, that's the, by innovation that what, only. That's it. Yes. Yeah. So, but, but it, yeah, I agree with you though, because it seemed, it felt to me like they were really focusing on innovations related to the cameras. And that includes the front facing camera too. Uh, it, you know, if, if you think it's very innovative to have a slow-mo, you know, video of yourself, maybe, uh, like, like they showed I, I saw in there. some nice slow fees made by people I know who were at the, who were at the presentation in the, in the press area. Yep. Um, one in particular, um, doing the thing with the hair, pushing the hair back in slow motion. It was quite nice. Um, but I'll tell you what I found impressive. And this was this app called Filmic that someone was presenting. Yes. And they were filming these people playing jazz. And basically the three back cameras, uh, there's a super wide, a wide, and a telephoto. For those who know, they are 13 millimeter, 26 millimeter, and 52 millimeters. So not really telephoto. And it was filming all three of them, 4K streams, and it records all of them. So the person filming just takes all of those, drops them into whatever they're using for editing. And it gets even better because the front-facing camera, being the same resolution, 12 megapixel, they put that on a tripod between two people who were talking to each other. So you get the reaction shots. And instead of shooting it with two cameras, you've got one in the middle. I just found that was amazing. I wish I made so films. So this will be interesting because Filmic Pro exists, right? It's, it's an yeah. existing app. It doesn't currently have that functionality. Obviously, they were touting it as something with the iPhone 11 Pro. But the iPhone 11 has the same processor, different cameras, but still multiple cameras. Two instead Can of three. Can Filmic Pro do that on the iPhone 11 just like it can on the iPhone 11 Pro? That that would be a very interesting thing. And, and you're right. For something like an interview or or that sort of thing i mean it's that it's fantastic would everyday people use it probably no, for no. some interesting things occasionally but no it's not that this is truly a feature built for those that are using it in a professional setting i, right. I think it's great and, Speaking, and there are filmmakers who have, who have made films with the iphone and, and a couple of i think steven soderberg was one of the first big names to do it um but it's becoming more common because if you're shooting 4k 
you don't need better resolution than what it offers. Um, it's a pretty easy workflow. You can have multiple iPhones. When the battery dies, you can switch to another one. But above all the other things about the camera, that was the most impressive. Now, of course, the one feature that is going to get so many people to buy iPhones is portrait mode for pets. Well, I mean, there you go. <laughs> um, you know, I, tr I tried it with my cats when portrait mode first came out. And, you know, it cuts the whiskers off because it detects the space around the face. But apparently that's not going to happen anymore. And particularly you know, dogs with curly hair. Um, it would cut the hair off and it looks artificial. Um, you know, you, you laugh. I tweeted something about that and got like 500 likes and retweets. And there are all these people <laughs> saying, what a great feature. Um, you know, this is, this is, this is a big deal for some people. Oh no, it is. Yeah. Food and pets. That's what people take pictures of, man. Yes. Yeah. What, what I found really interesting with the iPhones though is, I mean, we're talking about the iPhone 11 pro here. I like that they have cleaned up the iPhone lineup. Last year, they released the, the 10s and 10s Max, and then a month later, and we knew it was coming, but a month later, the 10R came out. The 10R really was the iPhone for most people. Most people did not need the 10s and 10s Max. They didn't need to pay extra for the OLED screen. They didn't need the extra camera. Arguably, maybe they did. But now, the iPhone 11 is the successor to the 10R and the iPhone Pro 11 Pro are the successors to the 10S and 10S Max. I, I like that they have embraced that this, you know, retina but LED screen, the slightly larger form factor, the enhanced battery life, that is the baseline iPhone for everyone and it's not this budget iPhone or whatever people might have perceived the iPhone 10R to be. I think it's fantastic. I actually I've I've used a 10R for the last year and it is the the phone that most people should get. It really is a fantastic phone. Uh so I'm really glad to see what Apple's doing with that. That 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 made me happy. Talk, I think so for innovation. There you go. Maybe that's an innovation. <laughs> I think the 10R is maybe specced a little bit lower than the 10S and the 10S Max. Only, only in in terms of RAM, but the processor is the same. Okay, uh, it, it because is with the, the 11, the, it's it seems to be exactly the same, with the exception there's probably a RAM difference, but also yep. the display is different and the cameras are different. But otherwise, it seems to do everything that the Pro models do. And that was exactly the case with the 10R too. Okay. It's just, but but the fact that you weren't aware of that is a really interesting and telling thing, right? Apple did not market that as, "Hey, folks, this is a very capable phone." I mean, they said it, but it wasn't. They didn't lead with that, and right. now they're leading with that. And I think that's that's a, clearly a really important thing. Yeah. Yeah. What about the Pro naming? I find that a bit odd. You know, we're used to the Mac Pro, the MacBook Pro. Um, the iPad Pro, but a phone being a pro device, it, it, everyone uses a phone. Well, it, everyone doesn't need the iPhone 11 Pro to, to the to the point of the exactly. 10R versus the 10S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Oh, yeah. So they're creating more of a uh, more of a semantic distinction between the two levels. Um, whereas I, I didn't like last year's naming because you, did you call it X? Did you call it XS, 10S, or whatever? And, and I was in an Apple store and someone called it an XS and an Apple employee called it Nexus, so it wasn't really very clear. <laughs> well, the nice part is, once I get my iPhone 11, my X iPhone will be an iPhone X. And <laughs> we can go back to calling them numbers, so I like that. I'm very glad they didn't use the cliche that the iPhone goes up to 11, but I've seen a number of bloggers and journalists that have used it. Of course. There's it's always a good Spinal Tap joke. But, you know, you gotta be, you got to be... 
you got to be careful because there's a fine line between stupid and clever. So yes, what what I found interesting overall is that they talked about a lot of things and they totally ignored a lot of things. There was no mention of the Mac. There was no mention of the HomePod, AirPods. Um, it was relatively short at one hour forty. If you took out the game demos and the CPU guy, it would have been about one hour twenty. Uh, which really isn't that long. Th- these these presentations have been getting longer, and I think the WWDC was about two hours or even more, right? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, this was a short one. Yeah. I, I, the, the one thing that, um, I guess, like, there were, there were some rumors about it, although it probably wasn't very realistic that something like this was ever going to happen. But people uh, in the, the rumor mill have kind of been looking at, you know, Apple's working on a 16-inch, you know, MacBook Pro, supposedly. And uh, it didn't really fit with this event, so I'm not at all surprised that that didn't get mentioned here. But just the fact that they didn't even mention Catalina was interesting yeah. because we know that that's supposed to be coming in the fall too, just like well, iOS 13. But they also quietly mentioned that it's been delayed and it's not going to come out until October. They, so oh, iOS they don't 13, call it a delay. No, they, no. Nobody, it's, it's technically not delayed. I mean, technically fall They hadn't begins, announced the date yet. Yeah, technically fall begins in late September. So, yeah. so for it to come in October, that's still totally the fall. It's on target. So iOS 13 comes out on the 19th, so that's the day before the new iPhones come out. Um, The Goldmaster's already out. iOS 13.1 comes out on the 30th, and I think we mentioned in last week's episodes that the developer and public betas are already on iOS 13.1, even before the iOS 13 Goldmaster came out. There's a slew of features that are not in 13, but will be in 13.1. Then Catalina comes out sometime in October. Now, one, there is one marquee feature that will be missing when iOS 13 comes out, and that sidecar, the ability to use an iPad as a second display for a Mac, because you will need both Catalina and iOS 13 to do that. So we'll have to push that back until October. Um, but the 16-inch, remember the Mac Pro is supposed to come out before the end of the year. So I see another event in October to launch Catalina to present the, maybe the 16-inch MacBook Pro maybe the Mac Pro, maybe a new iPad Pro, you know, to get the rest of the lineup refreshed. I think they, I don't think they do an event for software or to uh, to congratulate themselves on getting a previously announced piece of hardware, a.k.a. the Mac Pro, out the door. I think the only reason there's an event if there's is if there's something new, like a 16-inch MacBook Pro, yeah. that they really want to, show people why it exists I, like yeah right. i'm not convinced there's an october event but but i mean there could be they they certainly have done them in the past but yeah yeah interesting okay we'll see um dave thank you very much for joining us it's been a pleasure to talk about all this great stuff that went by quickly didn't it my pleasure it's been fun yeah this is great and congrats on 100 episodes this is thank awesome you. thank yeah. you josh how about you stay secure until next week for episode 101 we'll be back all right stay secure Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. 
intego.com.